Uh, we're going to run this back. We had John Kime join the program yesterday just as the news broke that Dan Quinn was the new commander's coach. I texted Johnny last night. Sorry, that was obviously chaotic. And he said, no problem. I'll come back today. Hello, John. How do you do? What up, guys? Well, like I was saying. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, that was a wild one. And just to take you behind the curtain, it was perfect because you were given a, a good long answer to whatever the question was as we were just scrambling here because we had to get the breaking news sounder and all these things to, to happen. Um, John Kime, Commanders, ESPN, Insider. You can listen and watch the John Kime report. Uh, John, what do you think of the hire? I mean, it's a good, solid hire. And... <laughs> Now, to me, the whole thing, though, comes down to who, do you, who, who, are, who does he hire for his staff and who is the quarterback? So, like, this is a good start, but then you have to build out your staff, and that's going to be the key, and I think that would be the key for anybody. Yeah. But I think, you know, it's funny because, I mean, I've talked to a lot of people throughout this, and, you know, people that I know who know the league, who either worked with him or coached against him or whatever, and I don't know what they're going to say before I – text or call them and it's been pretty strong across the board that they're like i just texted someone who's been in the nfl a while and you know just hey what do you think of the move and it was came back excellent hire but excellent in all caps so like there's a lot of people who like this now having said that it still comes down to the staff because a part of the downfall in atlanta was the staffing in the end and so you've got to do a good job surrounding yourself with the right people yeah I think when you, what happens is a lot of people had said a lot about a lot of people that they were interviewing. And right. Dan Quinn, just like you were saying, gets a lot of praise. Yeah. Nobody wants to hear it, though. Say, no, this this is don't. the thing. We still hear Ron has all this great stuff, great connections around the league. Dan Quinn seems to have all these great connections, too. But for some reason, no one is listening to it. Well, and I think, you know, I, I think in the years I've done this, I mean, he Quinn has received more than – most people that I've inquired about, right? And so I think there's a difference, but I would still say it's still going to come down to like who's your OC, yeah? You know who who's your who's who? What quarterback you, do they pick, and do they how do they develop them? Because if you don't do either one of those well, if you don't get the right guy, then you're not going to have success. And so, but like you know, I think there was also with the other ones. I was intrigued by a number of those coaches, just like everybody else, because you don't know. There's a mystery to it, and with mystery, I think, comes the excitement of the unknown. Mm -hmm. This coach could be this. He also could have been that, because throughout this process, and even with Dan Quinn, like I say all this stuff, well, it's not like he was going 15-1 and every year, so what what held him back? And because – Everybody's got a flaw, yeah. and um, but with the with the unknowns, you don't know what those flaws might mean in their in their tenure. And but I would say, like what someone else told me last night, they're like, all these other people were good coordinators. They hired a head coach. In other words, like they hired someone they've who's been in that role. Doesn't mean he'll be. You know, I don't know if he's going to be better than Mike McDonald in Seattle, um, but I know. Um, you know, so I don't, it's just, it's so hard to tell. And I mean, you know how this goes. Like, again, who's the quarterback? Who's your OC? Yeah. And who, who do you surround yourself with? Because one of the things I think that was a downfall here was that on the last several, right? It wasn't, you know, I think you want to get some innovation on that staff and, um, you know, build a little bit more um, with that. And, and I think that being in sync with the front office is massive because we haven't seen that here enough 
over the years. Do you think, like, I mean, the assumption that the offensive coordinator who gets the head coaching job, oh, the quarterback's going to just be great because of that. Well, you've been around football, love. JP, yourself, how often is the, really, the head coach really there sitting there taking the quarterback through everything? Very rare. And, <laughs> you know, it's funny because when Jay Gruden was hired, Jay wanted to do be the head coach, the OC, and the quarterback's coach. Mm-hmm. It got to a point, and I remember talking to him during, the, during his first year. He's like, I can't do all this. It's just too much for one person. So you're not sitting there with the quarterback. Now, some, some, some head coaches might work more with that, but you're going to have to bounce around. You're the head coach. You're not the quarterback's coach. You're going to have to have somebody working with them. Well, I think where the difference is, you're at least if that head coach has a system, and then you're going to hire people in that system, but you're not necessarily working directly with the quarterback all the time. And I've been here a number of years, and they've hired a lot of offensive coaches, and this team has had bad offenses for decades with occasional blips. And it's, there's more reasons to it than just, oh, it's an offensive guy. The organization wasn't good. They didn't get the right quarterback. A lot of reasons. But it wasn't a guarantee for success. I think what you need is a good head coach and, if you, and, and you know, a good front office. And we haven't seen that combo here in too long. I, you know, we, totally. So, yeah. Um. <clears throat> it's a safe hire. He wasn't their yeah. first choice. Like, these are facts, but it doesn't mean it's bad. Does that make sense? Right. It's, yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, Like, a lot of things can be true. I, I do wonder, John, and I don't know how you can prepare for this, right? But I, I, I do wonder, if you go back and look at the Atlanta years, after Kyle left, things kind of went downhill. Yeah, absolutely. And... I mean, sometimes it's going to happen because it looks like Kyle Shanahan might be a great coach on his own right. But I wonder how, if, maybe it's more of an if, you can prepare for that. Because if it does go well, the people that are just assuming it's going to go well and they're going to lose all this offensive coaching talent, I, man, it hasn't gone well here in 30 years. You really, Listen, you really should sure hope that's they gonna... lose it. They should hope they lose a talent because it, it would be that they were really right. good. And good organizations can sustain that. Is is right. there a way to build a staff so that you could sustain good coaches being poached? Coach poached. Well, I think I think there is because we've seen other organizations do it because they have had you know Mike Tomlin. Now they had a great quarterback in Ben Roethlisberger, but. That team is always good under that guy, right? I mean, he's, you know, so they've been able to do it. Harbaugh, um, you know, they've been able to do it. You know, he's not an offensive head coach. I mean, there are, you know, D'Amico Ryans is going to be in that position, but they have the right quarterback. And um, we don't know how good Bobby Slowick really is. He's had one year as a, as a play caller. And in San Francisco, he wasn't working directly with Brock Purdy, you know, so we don't know. But what you do is, you know, I think for the, like, for example, in Houston, you have to have a quarterback's coach who you feel after a couple of years can elevate to that role. And you go back to San Francisco and they had, you know, people talk about that staff in Washington. It was the same damn staff there. And right. They were, so you had, you had three and 13. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It was bad. But the, like you had Matt LaFleur there <laughs> and they passed over LaFleur to bring in um, Sarkeesian. Now, Maybe you could have gone with LaFleur. Was he ready at the time? I don't know, but you could have gone that way. And that's the way you kind of, you know, then you keep the same system. 
The problem in Atlanta, they changed the systems a few times, and then you get to a point where I think it was like Dirk Cutter is more of a who was his last coordinator there was a pass happy coach, and that and I think you know I was talking to somebody last night who was like whoever comes in he goes I wouldn't be surprised if he wants to have someone who's more of a run you know more emphasis on the run game, and then we hear Chip Kelly's name and I, you know I know that you know, that's <laughs> a little bit more running out out in UCLA but still like that's not you know what I would have thought but you know if they but that's what they were expecting because of how it ended in Atlanta because they did change so you have to get first of all you have to get the right quarterback and Matt Ryan's very good they had Julio Jones for God's sake but um, I also think I also think part of the downfall in Atlanta as much as that was the defense and you look at their defensive stats and they after the Is Super it the Bowl defensive year, staff that you – when you talk about staff that you're worried about because they were loaded on that offensive staff. Right, right. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's why you have to hire very well. And so, I, you know, I think the other part in Atlanta, there were two things. And I had um, one of the Falcons reporters, Guy Orlando Ledbetter, who's covered the team for a long time. And I talked to him about the Atlanta Times. He said part of the big reason for the downfall were injuries – um, but then also that Quinn had a little bit more say in the personnel, a lot more say in the personnel, <laughs> and felt like you know not having it here was probably a better thing for him. Okay. So you know at the time he was coming off two unbelievable defenses in Seattle, so you could command a little bit more power. Well, that's not the spot he's in now, so I think that's probably a good thing as well. So, um, but yeah, I mean you know I don't think he's going. I don't know that he's going to be calling the defenses. So you better have somebody very good. Um, being able to do it. So, yeah. John, thank you for the time, man. Glad we didn't get interrupted this time. <laughs> there you go. Thanks, guys. All right. That's our buddy, John Kime. Give him a follow at John Kime and the John Kime Report on YouTube.